0: Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf.
1: Welcome to innovative leaders driving thriving organizations i'm your host maureen metcalf i'm the founder and ceo of the innovative leadership institute formerly metcalf and associates i work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their businesses and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage i'm a regular contributor to the forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organizations. I'm also an adjunct faculty member in universities in the U.S. and Germany. We're broadcasting live from West Palm Beach at the International Leadership Association Conference.
2: The theme this
1: year is Authentic Leadership for Progress, Peace, and Prosperity. In a world that is increasingly interconnected, our actions as leaders can ripple across the globe This year's guests talk about their work as global scholars and practitioners to advance the field of leadership and give you the tools to evolve your leadership. from the International Leadership Association. We are gonna talk to Donna Latkin who just gave a keynote presentation and Dr. Shelley Spiller who introduced her. And this is two brilliant women. What we hope you as listeners walk away with is the sense of hope, especially in a time where we're seeing behaviors around us that are inclined to cause us to be quite distressed. Mm -hmm. So walking away with hope, that you have the ability as leaders to make an impact through your specific leadership behaviors. So they would like to offer new insights in embodied experience and different ways of knowing and pushing back on some tired leadership frameworks. So they wanna help leaders find their way in times where there is no pre-prescribed path. Mm -hmm. So if we're facing challenges we've never faced as a person or a society or as a global community, how do we know what to do? So they both will give some insight into that as well as tell their stories. So let me introduce you to them. Dr. Donna Latkin is professor of leadership and ethics with the Graduate School of Leadership and Change at Antioch University. She's informed by her background in philosophy and music and her work challenges individualized, trait-based accounts of leadership to consider it as an embodied aesthetic experience with relationality at its heart. Our second guest is Dr. Shelley Spiller of Mahari Lineage. She's an associate professor at the University of Auckland. Her work includes Reflections on Authentic Leadership with Dr. Latkin and also a book on Wayfinding Leadership which has catalyzed as a new approach to leadership development and is growing fast in many programs and being taught in a variety of different domains. And she also has a very interesting TED talk on this topic. So welcome both of you. I'm delighted you can join us. So let's talk about first, how did you meet?
2: Well, I was a visiting uh, faculty member at Massey University in New Zealand. And as part of their welcoming me to that community, I was invited to a barbecue and my husband, who's very interested in sailing, suddenly came up to me and said, you must meet this woman. She's, she knows everything about Polynesian navigating. And it was a topic that he and I had been discussing. And so I went over and started talking to Shelley, and I don't think I spoke to anybody else the rest of the evening. <laughs> we just completely hit it off. And we discovered that we shared a number of interests in leadership theory, particularly looking at different ways of looking at leadership. And I think we just began talking about that and also our own backgrounds and mm-hmm. where we'd come from in, in getting to this.
3: Yeah, it was really special. And, you know, when I recall that day, I was moving boxes into my office at the university and in what was known as the cool corridor. And Professor Bray Jackson was walking past and he saw me putting my boxes in my office and said, would you like to come to a barbecue tonight? <laughs> I thought it was really lovely and a warm way of welcoming into the school. And so I went to the barbecue And was chatting to Robin, Donna's husband, and it was just lovely. It was very... I think when Donna and I started to talk, we realised we had this resonance. There was so much in common between what we had been writing about and looking at. And I think it's remarkable that we'd been doing this independently across the world. And then just seeing to some extent myself reflected in what Donna was doing and I I think vice versa too, right? Mm.
1: So what are the two of you paying attention to right now in leadership?
3: I think from just, yeah, perhaps looking at that from a wayfinding perspective and just to frame what wayfinding is, it's a tradition of being able to move in the world by being in close intimacy with our environment. And it's like, in wheat, who eat the snow, Bedouin nomads who traverse the desert. So in cultural pockets, all around the world, there are these traditions of wayfinding that have been passed from one generation to the next through millennia. Mm -hmm. And the tradition that I've been working with alongside for many years now are the oceanic navigators. So people like Nainoa Thompson, the great Hawaiian navigator, and Māori navigators, who traverse the oceans and they don't use any instruments. No, okay. compass, no, maps, no, no compass, no map, no sense no... They're purely reading the signs around them. Okay. And it really is systems thinking of the highest order. So they, they notice these different signals and make sense mm-hmm. of the relationship between them and also interpersonal dynamics. So this art of wayfinding really is about journeying, discovery, exploring. And it can really hold us in good stead when we're in times... Of great change and the unfamiliar or journeying into the unknown which we believe mm-hmm. we're, we're at that point yeah, where we right. need change and we are in and the unknown so how do we build these skills as leaders to mm. respond and to start to notice new things in our environment and change the way that we're doing things yeah
2: I mean I think for me what's really important about the wayfinding work as well is that it taps into these ways of knowing that are often not really they've been lost somewhere in mm-hmm. the leadership canon you know these you know the way in which we make sense through our embodied sense of of where we are mm-hmm. and how we're picking up things from the environment really being grounded you know i see so many I've done a lot of leadership coaching in my time and, you know, lots of times leaders are kind of looking at data, you know. Just that, waiting for the data you know, and the analytics you know, piece. they, you know, they want to, to analyze and they want to, mm-hmm. you know. And data can be, I mean, very helpful. You know, right, of course. Not, they can be very helpful, but at the same time, oftentimes they're extrapolated. There, many mm-hmm. people have decided what data is most important mm-hmm. to put under the nose of a leader, for mm-hmm. instance. And, you know, they don't make up for that grounded sense of really knowing one's organization, really knowing one's community, really knowing mm-hmm. the market, you know, r- really being physically not you know, physically mm-hmm. located within it and I think, you know, within our, within our world where there's so much that's done virtually and I, again, mm-hmm. I'm a great proponent of virtual work, I do a lot of my work virtually, but you know, it's to think that something does get missed mm-hmm. And, and what is that that gets missed? And, you know, and sometimes really vital information gets missed because we're just living in this kind of virtual data-driven sort of space. And That's right. I, you know, yeah. I think what, what your work is drawing on is that kind of embodied. you know, we need to actually read the signs with our whole bodies mm-hmm. rather than just our kind of thinking processes. Yeah,
3: well, so many leaders, you know, they get, they're they really caught up and these very narrow corridors mm. of rational logic, mm. and they're using old maps, outdated mm. strategies, and regurgitated mm. plans, and they've decided where they're heading, yeah. and they're plotting KPIs and indicators to get as quickly mm. as possible to this goal. And yet that goal might be completely out of sync mm. with the reality. It may not be where we need to be heading, and completely mm-hmm. off course. So what Donna's saying, and and in this work of finding and trusting mm-hmm. and affirming other ways of knowing, so that it's both and it's being able to use our rational mm-hmm. intelligence and trust that we have other ways of knowing as well
1: i taught years ago decision making Mm -hmm. and looked at the two different models and and taught the thing that you're very much pointing to we've got rational decision making we can't throw that out Mm -hmm. and we've got intuitive decision making Mm -hmm. and we can't do that without data either Mm -hmm. so how do you bring together the data that we've got but then test it with mm-hmm. our intuition mm-hmm. because often at least the intuition tells me something feels off mm-hmm. and I, it, it's the invitation to gather more data whether through conversations and I'm using data loosening not necessarily reports mm-hmm. but information that I would get through sitting quietly from talking to people because often there's just information that doesn't show up in a report yeah. it's the context yeah And the other thing that's hitting me so much is the idea of Mm truth-telling. And you're talking about old maps and outdated ways of being. One of our conversations yesterday was if we are defining profit only as money versus including the environment, as an example, in the equation, the outdated map, but we still have to deal with it because it's the stock market. And so we're reporting quarterly earnings and that's where the funding comes from, how do we integrate that current structure with this bigger focus on leaving our organizations and our planet healthy over the generations following, mm-hmm. not just running as fast as we can to get to the next
2: quarter, resetting, and and again. I think you raise a really interesting and important tension that people are facing and you know it's this tension between what has become the modus operandi of organizations you know in terms of demands for quarterly profits mm-hmm. and so forth and so on. I, I think it's really important to remember it hasn't always been like that. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. It hasn't always been like that nor and I suspect it, or will it? It, or it won't be like <laughs> yeah. that because actually we're getting to a point where that narrow way of defining mm-hmm. success Well, quite frankly, is going to drive us into disaster. I Mm -hmm. mean, it it just is. So I think the sooner we can kind of reconfigure that. Mm -hmm. But I think the old maps that people are Mm -hmm. using—that's what they're looking at. Mm -hmm. And I think we need, you know, I think collectively we need to be finding new ways of assessing Mm -hmm. what success actually looks like what what is our purpose as organizations as people working in organizations mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, th- I think that it's always just not going to work
1: well and that's what was so fascinating mm-hmm. about our prior conversation was that what what most of what we've been doing in leadership has gotten us here yeah right it's exactly it, here yeah. in some brilliant ways and here in some mm-hmm. crazy ways mm-hmm. and so what's the evolution yeah. look like mm-hmm. not that we throw it all away Mm. but it's a step in our evolution Mm. and what's next and the wayfinding piece Mm. because there is no clearly defined path yeah if we're saying where we are is i forget the wording this morning we're at a place in between where what was before us has fallen away but what's emerging hasn't yet emerged yeah Yeah. we're creating it we're co-creating it so how do we find it and the wayfinding piece, because there's no one showing necessarily, mm. seems just brilliant and incredibly important right now. Mm.
3: I think it's a really exciting time, mm. truly, because mm-hmm. with wayfinding they have a very clear intention. They have an, you know, they mm-hmm. they know the island. They can see mm-hmm. the island in their mind's eye, mm-hmm. and yet they are responding to the environment whilst holding that clear Mm -hmm. picture. I really believe we need more leaders who can imagine the island Mm -hmm. and call that island to them. Mm -hmm. So rather than this kind of goal-conquering, striving approach Mm -hmm. that we're so acculturated Mm -hmm. to, that if we just pause, stop, discern, and individually and collectively in our organisations in our communities Mm -hmm. imagine that island that future that we're calling Mm -hmm. to us and start to change the Mm -hmm. signals and tune in more mm-hmm. appropriately to what's going on right now rather than just being really fixated and obsessed about, you know, where we think mm-hmm. we're heading. And I think there's some really interesting changes around the world. For yeah. the example, the New Zealand government, the Treasury, mm-hmm. is reconceptualising the economy around the idea of well being. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not just about economic wealth creation, but that that's a part of, of right, it. That's right, an important of part of it because it helps us achieve our aspirations but also to really look at well-being ecologically, community, culturally, and indeed from a Maori perspective, um, the indigenous people of New Zealand, spiritually. It's mm-hmm. really important. And Donna talked mm-hmm. about soul this morning. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've heard that that coming up a few times, a matter of spirit. So that leaders are churning into what really matters. Mm-hmm. And that includes our, our spirit.
1: Absolutely. Well, and the collective spirit mm-hmm. of who are we as a... A body of humans Mm -hmm. and a body of beings so all of the other entities on the planet the dogs and cats and the cows and pigs that feed us and companion pets and
4: and -hmm. every other
1: the trees and the plants if we look at us as a ecosystem truly an ecosystem of the planet Mm -hmm. then what decisions do we make Mm -hmm. and what's our spiritual requirement for stewardship
2: Yeah. yeah I like that Thank Mm. you.
1: Mm. So we're going to take a break at this moment. We will be right back.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com
4: today.
1: Welcome back to Innovative Leaders, Driving Thriving Organizations. We are at the International Leadership Association Conference with Donna and Shelley, and we've been talking about wayfinding and leaders creating a hopeful context and, in fact, bringing about the new world that's possible. And as I was listening to you, what I thought of is the John Lennon song, Imagine, and as he talks about, you know, what's possible it seems like as leaders, that's one of our callings is to imagine yeah. what is possible in our
2: context and in the broader world. I come in here? Because it's interesting, just as you're saying that, I think one of the things that as a society we've really excelled at is kind of imagining from a technical perspective right right you know we have really you know when i think about the things that you can do with your smartphone (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing somebody imagined all of that to be possible and it seems that we've really advanced in terms of our technological imaginations Mm -hmm. perhaps what's perhaps been left behind a bit is our imagination of what we can do socially together what mm-hmm. we can do as a community space together what we how we could imagine working across the many divides that now separate mm-hmm. us so you know it just seems that we get st- stuck and polarized into different positions and sometimes it can be hard for people to imagine you know how to mm-hmm. even converse across political divides mm-hmm. across ideological divides and mm-hmm. so for me the kind of imagination that we need at the moment seems to be you know to going back into thinking what could we be together what is possible socially what is possible that you know that somehow's got left behind or we we feel like it's no longer possible to mm-hmm. to bridge some of these divides
3: yeah i think perhaps we've just been individualized and acting autonomously for so long now that people Mm -hmm. have forgotten and and to some extent what I hear you saying Donna is about this reconnecting and reconnecting Mm -hmm. to each other and you know you talk about the animals and the creation and just finding those finding ourselves in relationship again Mm -hmm. that where I am I belong, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I yeah. think there's been research that shows that during times of crisis, like after mm-hmm. the hurricane, mm-hmm. things, that, mm-hmm. that communities do come together. People mm-hmm. do know how to help each other, mm-hmm. you know. And and, almost, and people enjoy doing those things. And there is research that says that too. Yeah. We do better when we're helping
1: people. Yeah, and that's one of the best antidotes to depression and hopelessness.
2: Yeah. 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 So it's like we need to imagine how we can do that when we're not yeah. in a real <laughs> crisis state. You know, yeah. when we're in, you know, how can we actually do that socially? And
3: support each other in that imagining. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some really amazing leaders around the place mm. who are very courageous, who are. You know, boldly imagining different kinds of futures—not mm. the one that we appear mm-hmm. to be on the threshold of. Who you know, mm-hmm. and people are crying out for effective solutions for leaders who can navigate from darkness mm-hmm. and into mm-hmm. light, and who can help us go on the journey of discovery. And it doesn't mean it's going to be comfortable, mm-hmm. of course. Because discovery involves discomfort, mm-hmm. uncovering, breaking up a little bit, so that new ways of seeing mm-hmm. and doing things can come through. But it is also time of you know of wonder and awe Mm -hmm. and to really find that again perhaps rather than despair yeah
1: you know donna you mentioned Mm. and i don't i don't remember the right wording but living on our edge Mm. Mm. and so shelly as you're pointing to it's not easy yeah Mm. if i imagine if i imagined myself riding a bike across the country Mm. which is plausible but i had to have to work out a lot
3: yeah
1: that's not easy Yeah. yeah And my yeah. body will hurt a lot more than it does yeah. doing my 10,000 steps a day.
3: Yeah, yeah well, it's a species, you know, on the edges where all that yeah. change mm-hmm. and innovation occurs. Mm-hmm. When we're at the center, we, we don't necessarily have perspective. We're not seeing things differently. So going out to the edges you know, is a really yeah. exciting place to go to, yeah. but it can be very challenging.
2: It can, and, and I'd like to offer the possibly those those edges, you know, sometimes they are things like biking across the United mm-hmm. States or doing this. But I think, you know, today the edges that we face, I think, you know, they're in our day-to-day, moment-by-moment existence. Mm-hmm. You know, what do we do when we see a homeless person on the street? Do we actually just walk by and ignore mm-hmm. the person, which I, you know, find myself often doing, mm-hmm. so I'm not, you know, I'm not holding any sort of high ground here. But you know do we actually even just say hello I mean it was interesting I was Mm -hmm. reading a study about homelessness and one of the things that people were saying you know people don't even look at At me and you know Mm -hmm. and so my sense of my own self as a human starts to diminish Mm -hmm. because people don't even look at me Mm -hmm. and so one of the things in my own practice I really try to do is at least look at least say hello Whether I give money or not, that's something else. And you realize how much, actually, when you look and see, Mm -hmm. it hurts. If I let myself, you know, here is a person who is is down on their luck? and imagine i
1: used to talk to the homeless people in my park
3: mm. and
1: one h- whose daughter had been accosted and mm. she had a healthy and so i knew them and their yeah. stories they weren't all drug addicts no, and no, crazy people all. yeah they were in fact in some cases yeah. people who were down on their luck mm. and then they worked things out and they worked through yeah. and they ended up moving back into yeah. homes Probably not big homes, but two of them specifically got together and got an apartment. There is a path through, yeah.
3: but
2: not when they feel dehumanized. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's that question. You know, what's what's the edge I'm working today? Mm-hmm. Is it just about reaching out? Just about looking someplace mm-hmm. that makes me feel uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. You know, is it just extending my hand to somebody who, mm-hmm. because they need help, even though I'm in a hurry? Right. You know, is it actually mm-hmm. doing that? You know, it's, it's how do I live my edge today? Yes,
3: yeah, sometimes the edge the can so often be framed as, the next big goal that yeah. I'm going yeah. for yeah. but really what I hear and what Donna's saying we were talking about this earlier really? those edges can be really soft and subtle dropping deeper into mm-hmm. some kind of crack that we, mm-hmm. we're not listening to we haven't been paying attention to but really wants to be heard and it's just like just pausing and mm-hmm. taking the time to reflect Mm-hmm. And think a little bit more deeply about you know what we're doing and how we're doing it. We ran a workshop yesterday, and we were exploring some of the qualities of you know leaders and really what came out were words like generosity, humility, people who listen. you know these are not these the people that were coming up in the conversation were great leaders, but it wasn't so much about what they'd accomplished, it's about how they do it. Who they it, are. And who they are. Yeah. And what were they in service of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, something
1: again that came up this morning was inside and outside. Mm-hmm. So if my goals are just conquering a thing, delivering a result, versus who am I in the process of getting that done? Mm-hmm. And do I leave my followers and my colleagues and my constituents feeling better and more inspired for that process or do i leave them exhausted and i've actually worked with clients and this is not because of me but who ended up having nervous breakdowns accomplishing that goal was it worth yeah and i can't make that judgment but it i have seen pretty significant sacrifice in service of m- meeting a goal. Yeah.
3: It can feel very hollow. You know, they get there mm-hmm. and they realize, oh, invest so much energy yeah. and time and commitment and sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And you arrive at this so-called place, this mm-hmm. destination, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's very hollow. And people are exhausted. We're meeting people, and it sounds like you are too, Maureen, who are tired and exhausted. And... All and the time. All the time. It's not like next yeah. week it'll be better. And leaders, you know, too, with their KPIs and indicators, that's proving to be really flawed. We've got mm-hmm. a banking crisis, um, particularly in Australia recently, where, you know, when people are only behaving in accordance with some reward system mm-hmm. or meeting mm-hmm. KPIs. External or, reward. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. or indicators, and they're straitjacketed into that, and it's mm-hmm. depressing. They're, yeah. they're, we're so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah, and to really fully realize the potential of people and organisations is to allow us to flourish.
1: So two things come to mind. One, we often don't name this, right? We're all Mm -hmm. running so busily, and we don't have the courage to tell people we're exhausted, Mm -hmm. or or say it publicly, Mm -hmm. right? We say it to our families, and we hope it gets better, and we kind of think it won't, but it's not a Public conversation often as leaders and then we don't talk about the practices to address it Mm -hmm. and so what I hear you both talking about is what are some of the actual embodied practices so that listeners can walk away with a sense of there's a thing I can do Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. well for me a really important practice is the practice of the pause Uh, on many different levels, okay. the pause in terms of, you know, at a moment when I'm feeling myself getting irritable, anxious, whatever, to actually stop and and check in with oneself, mm-hmm. you know, what mm-hmm. is going on, to actually inquire mm-hmm. what is going on, and is there something yeah. else I could do differently here that would mm-hmm. help facilitate this or shift the space in some way? Mm-hmm. The pause, you know, actually we do better work when we're refreshed yes we do you know we do and and there's lots of research that shows Mm -hmm. that actually longer days in the office do not translate into greater productivity and so actually taking the time out to have lunch, mm-hmm. actually taking, you know, making sure that you leave the office at a decent hour. Mm-hmm. And many mm-hmm. people, oh, if I do that, it's going to cost me my job. Well, it's interesting, because most jobs are, are actually productivity-based. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you, know, you can find out that you can actually accomplish as much if you give yourself a break. Mm-hmm. Very interesting as well, thinking about this, I had a, one of my students, she was uh, uh, in working in the National Health Service in the UK, and she was talking about how her staff were, you know, mm-hmm. t- they were exhausted all the time, and she was mm-hmm. seeing there was a lot of people who were getting sick, and there was a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of absenteeism, and, and she started asking questions about what was going on, and in particular, because she was a very well-intentioned leader, and she wanted to mm-hmm. know was there anything that she could do differently to help alleviate this problem. And they started talking about the fact that she sent emails at the weekends and she sent emails late like at night. night. And she said, yeah, but I don't expect you to reply to those emails. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, So I do them because that's the time that I'm free to do it, mm-hmm. but I don't expect you to reply. And, she said, and the response that she got was, well, yes, you may not expect us to do that, but what it does to us is it means we've got our work sorted mm-hmm. out in terms of what we're going to do, but mm-hmm. then we come back and all of a sudden we've got f- five emails from you. And so, even though you don't expect us to do mm-hmm. this, it mm-hmm. puts pressure on us. And she was very, she said, I never thought about mm. it like that before. And you know, and she's, she's very well-meaning, mm-hmm. wants to really take care mm-hmm. of her staff, but she never realized that this simple practice of doing email when it suited her mm. at the weekends meant that it actually put much more pressure on people because they wanted to do their best. You know, and people want to do their best oftentimes. And so sometimes we can inadvertently, you know, put pressure on people in ways that can be very unhelpful.
1: I worked with a client very similar story. We were actually having a session talking about resilience. Mm. And similar, she had young children, so she would leave the office at a normal time, spend time with the children in the evening, and start emailing at 10 at night. And what her staff said is, they noticed how quickly others responded. And so it was something like the average response was within six minutes. So now at night, they're all checking email every six minutes. And same thing, in fact, she didn't want them to respond because that meant she had to continue to respond. She wanted them to not respond. they were competing for if I'm a good employee. So they're making their own meaning that isn't at all what she intended. And she would do the same thing to me, and I would respond. (laughs) The last thing I would do before I got in bed at night was check emails. There was usually one from her. And there was a question, do I respond or not? And so we get into these almost habitual patterns. And as leaders, to your point, I'm assuming the person you're talking about, and I know the person I'm talking about, had no intention of holding people hostage late at night with the expectation that they were on call.
3: I love that word resilience that you mm-hmm. use too Maureen you know, when I think about some of the wayfinders that I've worked alongside they've got this amazing quality of stillness mm-hmm. they can be in the middle mm-hmm. of a storm and it can be you know, crazy and we can it can be like that in our lives as well mm-hmm. so how do we find that space mm-hmm. in the busyness mm-hmm. and really find that place of stillness and pausing can really help us just breathe and get that space. And one thing I've really noticed about the Wayfinders particularly, and, and I put this into practice in my own life, is that when the going gets tough, the tough get relaxed. <laughs> You're just, to just relax into it, right? And, yeah. and find that calm, grounded, clear space to move from rather than reacting. Now get people at a business meeting, everybody's reacting, and just pausing can just give you that space to respond to listen and you no, know, get out of that circuit break the circuit so I want to go on break now and come back and talk
1: about how do we get relaxed because our physiology doesn't do that when I feel attacked my body physiologically responds so I'm guessing the both of you have strong practices that helps your physiology either relax or overcomes the immediate rush of adrenaline and cortisol. So we will be right back, innovative leaders, driving, thriving organizations.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice
0: Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit
4: metcalf-associates.com today.
0: listening to innovative leaders driving thriving organizations to reach maureen metcalf or her guest today please call one 472 5790 that's one 472 5790 or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com now back to this week's program
1: Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We are talking about specifically practices we use to relax and stay grounded so that we can even physiologically be receptive. As you talk about the way showers, I'm imagining there are times that the world looks terrifying, that I'm on a ship and there's a bad storm and I can't see the stars to navigate or the tools I'm accustomed to. How do I know? And so,
3: what are your specific practices? Yeah, well, I mean, just to to mention, there's this beautiful story of Nainoa Thompson, the Hawaiian navigator, and he was describing when he first went into the doldrums. He was very anxious and nervous about mm-hmm. it. And they got into the doldrums, and you know, it was 100% cloud cover. He couldn't read any of the signs. The wind was going mm-hmm. in all kinds of directions. You know, he sort of felt this rising panic. And then he talks about how he just had this sense of relaxation come over him and he leaned against the rails of the vessel and he just had this intuitive understanding of the direction mm. and he now describes that he more and more tries to create that in his life and I think that's a really powerful story about mm-hmm. just finding that space to re- to relax and I, all the people in the workshops that you know I've worked with and Donna's worked with there's so many different ways of mm-hmm. Sensing, pausing, mm-hmm. and you know, developing this quality of stillness. Some of the things that I particularly do, and I did this last night here in West Palm Beach because we'd been in air-conditioned room all day, mm-hmm. was just to get out and walk down to the beach mm-hmm. and take mm-hmm. my shoes off and go and stand in the mm-hmm. surf and literally mm-hmm. get grounded. Like yeah. that was just yeah. so refreshing and energizing. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit of a reset, you know. So I don't think sometimes it's not; like, it doesn't have to be really complex. We don't have to go on the you know, a ten day silent retreat Mm -hmm. somewhere Mm -hmm. and you know. It has to be daily. It's daily and it can be micro. Yeah. Okay. Micro pausing, Mm -hmm. sensing our body. Stop talking for a bit, maybe listen more.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm I've trained as a yoga teacher and Yoga is a practice that I've been engaged in for a long time and and the thing that amazes me about yoga is that actually you only need a minute Mm -hmm. (laughs) to actually shift. So it's amazing how little time is needed to actually get a different perspective and to get a different bodily response. So rightly Mm -hmm. you're talking about the fight or flight uh, mechanism that the body has when it senses Mm -hmm. danger. But what's really wonderful about breathing is that although our breath can be automatic, we can also take charge of our breath as well. And so first of all, by noticing that we're just not Mm -hmm. breathing very well, we can start to deepen our, our breathing. I mean, it's a wonderful thing that we can do is actually change our breathing pattern just by breathing out a bit more and then breathing a bit more deeply so one of the things that i often do that i did before i went up to talk today was just holding you know my putting my hand on the lower part of my belly below my navel and just breathing into my hand so i breathe and my abdomen expands and then i breathe out and my abdomen contracts and that just means that i'm deepening my breath and i just count my breath in and out for in out, so I just bring some rhythm and depth to the breath, in a minute, seriously, in a minute, your physiology changes. You become clearer in terms of your thought process. You become more, more able to sense what's going on. And so we have this amazing capability Mm -hmm. Available to us Mm -hmm. all the time, Mm -hmm. and it's just to to do it. It's all we need to do Mm -hmm. is to do it. In the workshop yesterday that we did together, we were doing a walking practice. People just walking around the room and moving from looking outside to looking inside. People were amazed by how quickly your attention can just shift and your whole experience can shift. These are very simple Mm -hmm. practices and using all of our senses
3: mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. really start to tune in be more aware. I've had a meditation practice for 15 years, so I do, I do personally aim mm-hmm. to try and meditate for 15-20 minutes every day, and I do notice the quality of my day if I don't.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: But I think everyone, you know, I was talking to a guy recently He works in a sawmill, and he was describing how he dives for seafood back at home, mm-hmm. and he was describing his space of diving and finding that peace and that calm and that stillness. In his life, and that's one of the ways Mm -hmm. he does his research. Mm -hmm. So I just, I think it's a really exciting thing for people to discover for themselves about what that looks like, how it expresses itself. And one of the things I... I, you know, really believe in because you talked about it earlier. Rational, you know, we we're far less rational than what we believe ourselves to be. In fact, you know, people, yeah. They talk about post hoc rationalism that we just really, really engineer our decisions later to sound rational, <laughs> but really to welcome our emotions and to see what's mm-hmm. alive in us because that's quite important. It's telling us that something important's up. And we may not
1: have the data, yeah, but the feeling gives us yeah, information as well. Yeah,
3: that's right, and we might not act on those emotions, mm-hmm. or it might it might be messy. But it's just saying what's alive in me right now, mm-hmm. and what do I need to pay attention to, mm-hmm. and you know, move from it um, from a place that's more grounded and calm and clear.
1: And that's when we talk about cultivating that inner self awareness,
3: mm-hmm.
1: being able to respect that emotion. Yeah. And my emotions are often misinforming me, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there's something in my past or something yeah. reminds me of something. Yeah. But it gives me when I say data, not yeah. not spreadsheets. It gives me information that I need to pay attention. Well, to. that's right.
3: And you're aware of it. You might understand what's underlying those emotions. Mm-hmm. Why Why is that particular reaction present with this person mm-hmm. in this moment? So the more that mm-hmm. we're aware of what's driving us, rather mm-hmm. than just suppressing it as if mm-hmm. it doesn't exist, so that we're just able to integrate that more and unfold more Mm -hmm. fully into Mm -hmm. our potential
2: yeah
1: Yeah. you mentioned the one minute just breathing Mm. and i think it's important for our listeners to realize we're not advocating that you have to take an hour a day and sit in a meditation no 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 no. i don't think any of us do that (laughs) um it would be nice if i could but i can't I've been sitting on the deck with a cup
3: of tea, Could <laughs> the yeah, of a glass of wine. Actually? I read this book once about women's meditation. They had things like lying in a bath. <laughs> you, know, you know, it was really relating to all these different forms of meditation. So, you know, I don't think it has to be a harsh discipline. Yeah, but um, I do think
2: there is something important mm. about. Switching off the mobile phone, mm-hmm. 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 switching off whichever device is going to ping at you or yeah. do... Because that gets your adrenaline going. I mean, you know, when we have our mobile phones on and they ping mm-hmm. and they go... You know, I can sense it every time I hear it. It's like, yeah. oh, I've got or to respond vibrates. to something. Yeah. Yeah, it vibrates. And so, you know, actually saying, you know, mm-hmm. for for a minute, I'm mm-hmm. just going to put it where mm-hmm. I can't. And also, you know... Not f- hours. Yeah. Not Just a hours. minute. Just a minute. I mean... We've recently moved, and we've moved to a very beautiful place where I have a view of water at the moment, and um, I've gotten into the practice of, I have my, as I'm on my own at the moment, and um, I have a practice where I sit and I have my breakfast and I just have my breakfast and I don't yeah. have the radio on and mm. I don't have the television on and I don't have my mobile phone on but I just sit for 15 minutes while mm. I have my breakfast and I'm finding that that and I I look at what's going on outside me the you know, the color of the trees mm. that are changing color the birds it's mm. a way of connecting with something that's the other thing bigger than myself bigger than all of my little issues and my you know my little dramas mm. and all the things that you know I get excited about but to reconnect with that those bigger you know rhythms and mm-hmm. patterns so that I can just see that my little dramas are not mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's and critical. And the all of everything. taking
1: perspective and yeah. we've been talking about this recently again with all of the political dramas yeah. and yet if we look at where we stand in the world right now. Yeah. There is less violent crime. Women are better off, people of color are better off overall Mm. than we've ever been. And yet, if I watch the news, you would think it is the worst time in history to be alive. We live longer, we're healthier. Many of us have access to really healthy food. Mm. I I realize there are still people on the planet who don't, but fewer. And yet, if I I turn on CNN this morning... It's easy to think the world is a terrible place. And I I just don't want to be here anymore. I'd like to be a hermit.
2: That's a really good point. And I think, you know, going back to the way... You know, it's what you're paying attention to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, what we Mm -hmm. attend to. And that, of course, creates our reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I, I often listen to even the tone of voice that the newscasters read you know if mm-hmm. I listen just to the tone of voice it's like, <gasps> <laughs> and this morning was one of those mornings <laughs> you know and, and so I think it's for me the, the balance is how do I stay informed and how do I stay mm-hmm. so, so that I am responsible in some way to the world that I'm living mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. but how do I also attend to the bigger patterns, yeah. the deeper resonances, and the things that bring real meaning to my life mm-hmm. as well. The relationships. How do I attend to really caring for the people I love and mm-hmm. and in my friends and 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 the people on my doorstep who I may not know, but how could I care for them? I, I think mm-hmm. those are things that I, you know. What can we do? You know, we 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 can't solve the problem of the planet, but right? What can I do? that actually Mm. is satisfying to me. But I can't do it if I'm constantly distracted and if I'm constantly, Mm -hmm. you know, distressed.
3: Yeah, or pushing to get somewhere or trying to Mm -hmm. hurry towards some place. And I really, I love Mm. what you're saying, Donna, and also Maureen, And, and I really... About taking care of our place, mm. you know, and the critters and yeah. mm-hmm. our, our mm-hmm. places, mm-hmm. And, and really seeing that we're in relationship with every single aspect of creation in some mm-hmm. way, you mm-hmm. know, as, as custodians, as stewards, mm-hmm. as people who are, you know, I think endowed with an obligation to make sure this planet is flourishing, alive, well, mm-hmm. and healthy, and that we can do really practical things to look after our mm-hmm. places.
1: You know, as, as we think about this and, and as I listen to you, I uh, think of how often I'm rushing to get through meeting to meeting. I'm always running late. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always worried before one's over that the next one... How, how am I? And, and my goal has been, how do I just get through the day? And so this back to this imagine thing. Mm-hmm. If I take 30 seconds before each one to say, mm-hmm. imagine what's the best outcome that could happen. Mm-hmm. Then it's not. It, it changes my to our change in physiology Mm -hmm. it changes the opportunity Mm -hmm. so how do we move from struggling yeah. connect to the bigger what's possible yeah, well, what's the
3: bigger purpose here mm-hmm. rather than just what's the best thing for me right now mm-hmm. but yeah, what, yeah. what's the potential of this situation mm. and I think mm-hmm. that's you know it comes back to leadership mm-hmm. that leaders are about releasing the potential about creating that space mm-hmm. I love the where releasing people can, the potential. you know where mm-hmm. people can flourish and express themselves and shine and that's a really difficult thing for leaders to do because you know they've often times built their careers on their own mastery and of being that person in charge Mm. and in control and it's a very humble thing to do to grow others and you know from a we talk about success being succession
2: yeah no i'm I'm just very listening to what what you're saying i mean one of the things that strikes me is about you know when you're rushing from and i do it as well when you're rushing from meeting and meeting somehow the sweetness of life we miss Mm. the sweetness Mm -hmm. of life and then and then what is life what life just becomes a grind you know Mm -hmm. and there's something about uh, this you know how do we how do we enjoy the sweetness of our lives as well and the sweetness of our connections with others and I was talking to a gentleman just after my talk and we were talking about you know quality of listening where you listen with your eyes and your heart Mm -hmm. you know it's not just listening for what you need to know but listening for that connection for that sweetness
1: so I want to thank both Donna and Shelley and a couple of things I'm taking away just at the end the idea of pausing mm. the idea of connecting with all of the beings that we interact with yeah. not just the financial side mm. but the the souls of the human beings we work with yeah. the environment that is impacted by our choices and just the invitation to everyone listening to take time to connect and listen to one another and cultivate that sense of information coming not just from our spreadsheets, but from our inner sense and from the precious people with whom we work. So we thank you for joining us and hopefully you'll tune in again soon. live in West Palm Beach at the International Leadership Association conference. In these turbulent times, investing time and energy to refresh and involve your leadership skills becomes a critical success factor. I challenge each of us to consider the impact of leadership on our lives and the lives of those we lead. Imagine what each of us can do as we work together to address our challenges and leverage this unique point in time where the impact of a small change from one person or organization can truly ripple across the globe. Together, we can create a world that is more peaceful, just, and prosperous, creating opportunities for everyone to thrive. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you join us again next week.